I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick live from Satan, Calgary, Alberta. Really? We fucking we fucking nailed that. That was the best one ever. Holy and that's not shit! Just something we say at all of our shows. No, actually, actually, if you go back and listen to our live shows, it's like, ooh, <laughs> that sounded awful. Yeah. I like the lights a lot. The lights, I think that that's what made it. You know, the lights are great. Everybody who helped us set up here is great. Everybody who brought us here were, were amazing. Uh, well, I think that's it. that's where we should start with this right now. Is a huge, huge thank you. To A, all of you, all of you Calgarians and Carstarians and, I don't know, anybody else who's nearby that Car-stare? came out. That's Car- a place, right? Carstairs is a place, yeah. Got some Carstarians yeah. in the house. Carstarians. <laughs> uh, thank you all so much for coming out and showing up. This, it re- this really means a lot uh, to us that you're here. And it also means a lot to us that uh, SATE, the Southern Alberta Institute of Technology... Uh, we're so generous enough to, to ask us to come out and hang out and do a show here. This school is, like, actually beautiful, though. It is. It's pretty sweet. What's really funny is when, when, when we were told we were going to SAIT, I was like, I don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> what's, what's SAIT? Southern Alberta Institute of Technology. I can't even say it. And then we showed up, and I was like, oh, this is a legit school. Very legit. With buildings that look like they're all about to take off to space. Yeah. And, like, accreditation and stuff. You can, like, really, like, get a diploma and, like, yeah. degrees and stuff. <laughs> and there's a Denny's. Whoa. Those are sweet. Yeah, actually, you know what? The Denny's is, I actually kind of have a beef with the Denny's. It's kind of just like a cafeteria with, like, a <laughs> Denny's logo. say it sucks? Out front. Yeah. It's <laughs> Denny's. What uh, Denny's yeah, have you been to that didn't suck? To Denny's Denny's. Like, if you're, it, look, if you're buying something called... Can you really the, call that a Grand Slam? It was a Grand Slam <laughs> I don't know. From, in my belly, at least, this morning. So, without further ado, uh, give a very warm, sate, Karsterian, Calgarian welcome <laughs> to our new friend, Matthew Corkum. This is a beautiful audience. God, I love you guys. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going? It's going very, very well. So, Ma- Matthew, come as close as you can to that microphone. I know it's a little... Maybe pull your chair up a little closer if you can, or Brian, pull him up. There you go. There you go. Boom. You got it. Fuck yeah. Um, Matthew. What's why up? Don't you, why don't you... Yeah. <laughs> What's up, bro? Uh, you're, you're living in Calgary right now. I am. But you're not from Calgary. I am not. Where are you from? I'm from Nova Scotia. 
Sweet. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like there's a lot of hey, Nova no, Scotians. Is everyone here from Halifax? Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> I'd be really sad if all the only people that showed up <laughs> be like, oh, man, we're really killing it home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Halifax is blowing up. Uh, Matthew, uh, why, don't you, why don't you just... Right off the bat, let us know what you are, what you're here to talk about. What it is that you've been dealing with for, I'm, I'm guessing, your entire life. Yeah, so I was diagnosed with spastic cerebral palsy at age 18 months. Basically, my parents noticed I wasn't walking and sitting up as as normal children do. So they took me to many doctors, and finally I was diagnosed with basic cerebral palsy. Also known as CP, right? A lot of people right, know as CP. Right. Man, I, I don't know anything about, like, parents' expectations of when children should be doing something. So you're Dude, like, me they, took, they took me at 18 months because I wasn't walking, and I'm like, man, I feel like that's, like, you know... Our, our like, son is that, isn't a brilliant thing that has not started flying yet. I felt yeah. like your parents had like a checklist, and they're like, "Well, fuck, you didn't do that yet." Like, I'm like, "Man, are your parents like drill sergeants or what?" My mom worked for a family doctor, so I oh, okay, expect so, that I had something. To she do. had the stats. She was yeah. like, "He should have been walking." Check, check, check. Yeah, about Thanks. three months ago. <laughs> um, we, we had we had just done, uh, and not too long ago, we did an episode. Uh, with a guy in Toronto uh, named Andrew Gerza and with cerebral palsy. <clears throat> and uh, I don't think he attached spastic onto no. it. So it, in our experience, having had a conversation about cerebral palsy before, what's the spastic? Spastic refers to the spasticity. So if you ask me to carry that glass of water across the bar... I Everybody would, would be soaked. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and things like writing. Like, I've never wrote. I can sign my name just like a doctor. But, <laughs> and, uh, Are you a doctor? I mean, is that, is that what you do for a living? I happen to have my PhD, but I'm not a real dog. <laughs> okay. People, yeah. people just assume you are when you try to write. Yeah. It's like, oh, you must be a doctor. <laughs> must be a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I can't read it at all. But now, now here, here's something that I find really interesting, right? Is you, so you have your PhD. Congratulations. That's a stupid amount of work that I never would have had the willpower to do. Um, but you, you say that. And immediately, a number of voices from the audience go, wow, I didn't know they could do that. But Not do, that you were thinking that. But the, the, but is, they would there, do that if you had a PhD. I, yeah, well, well, yeah. Look Listen to me. Yeah, look at me. No, Matt's but, gone to school for the same amount of time as all three of us combined. Yes, <laughs> yeah, probably that's, more. That's actually no, I, true. I literally add zero days to that. <laughs> that's true. But the reason I bring that up is because I'm curious to know if, if you... And, and I feel like we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but that's okay. There's no plans to this podcast ever. Um, do, do Have you... Do you often get that reaction where, where you, the, the fact that you have a PhD comes up and people go, 
Oh, oh, holy, holy shit! What? It depends what context and what group I'm with. Sure, if I'm in like certain groups of people, but like I have a lot of medical friends that are real doctors. And <laughs> when I'm hanging out with them, like, it's just like they know what's up right yeah. away and not surprised at all. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm at an academic conference. Yeah, those, then, those people are smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those people but, are smart. But if I'm out to a bar, say... Like this, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Did they almost not let you in? Were they like, you're too drunk, sir? <laughs> Get it the happens. fuck out of here. Straighten up. Walk walk. Home. Yeah, right. Yeah. It happens quite a bit, actually. That yeah. I get accused of being too drunk. Yeah. Sometimes I am. Sometimes I'm <laughs> <laughs> You sneaky fucker. Do you ever... You sneaky fucker. Well, what's, what's funny is, so... Um, I, I'm guilty of of having kind of fallen for that trap of stigma in terms of it, like with you, with you specifically. So when this, when a few weeks ago we were trying to figure out who we were going to um, ask to be our guest for our live show, and of course, like you know, it's one thing to record in a studio with four people, where you're in a room, and it's just the four of you talking about some of the craziest moments of your life, and you know, you're. You, the hardest things you've ever gone through and your deepest fears and your, your wildest dreams, just, just so you know, Matt, all these questions are coming. Um, <laughs> but, a but it's a, a completely different thing to sit in front of a group of strangers and share your life so, so openly and so fully. So, of course, we have to do this like, little vetting process. And we come across your, your application, and I think it was like, actually one of the first ones we read. Mm. And I went, man, because it, it, was, it was very well-written and very funny. And I said to Bri, I was like, let's give him a call right now. 12 uh, p.m. back in Halifax, which would be like, what, like 9 a.m. here? Mm-hmm. So the phone rings. Good math. Also, when he called you, I was Thank in the background you. of the phone call the entire time, and I never said anything to you. I'm sorry. I'll forgive you. Thank you. <laughs> Just this time. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I got that off my chest. Anyway, continue. So I make this phone call, and I'm like, oh, shit, it's 9 a.m., Maybe he's not awake. And so you pick up the phone, and you say, hello. And I say, hey, Matt, it's Jeremy from Sick Boy Podcast. And you said something to the effect of, like, oh, hey, like, how are you doing today? Like, you said a full sentence. And the way that I heard it through the phone, because of the way that you speak, I went, oh, no, this guy's, like, still asleep. We woke him up. And so I said, I'm so sorry, did I wake you? And you were like, no, definitely not. And I looked at Brian and went, yeah, right. <laughs> like, that's the same response I give everyone when they call me and wake me up. I go, no, nah, no, nah, it's all good. Mm. And then I said, uh, oh, well, cool. We were talking about, you know, having you on the show, whatever. And you're like, you know what? Actually, just give me a second. Um, I need to step into a different room right now. I'm at work. And then I looked at Brian and that's like we had this moment yeah. where we locked eyes. And I went, oh, I love you. You, yeah. <laughs> that so was it. Too. That was it. And then we started making up, and I hung up on you. So I'm sorry. So passionate. Had to call passionate back, moment yeah. between two yeah. best friends. You guys it, did it, that it was a moment where I looked at Brian, and we both, through our eye contact, made this 
this sort of realization that like, oh, for fuck's sakes. You know what I... I just... I, I was that fucking guy. I was that guy that went... That... I was that guy that made an assumption based on the way that you sound because of my own ignorance. It, there, was no, there was no part of me that thought, oh, no, he's, he's not asleep. This is, just, this is just Matt. And I felt really bad about it. But then I realized, well, hey, that's the, that's the reason why we do this whole fucking show, like, you know, or have these conversations. Mm-hmm. The thing I hated about that whole experience is you were doing all of the talking, and when you looked as me in the always, eyes, I for some reason felt as guilty as you, even though I didn't say it. And I was like, like no what the fuck, it? man? Why did you bring me in on this? Yeah. Like, I didn't choose to feel or act this way. Yeah, right. And I wasn't even there, so I felt great about the whole thing. <laughs> so I'm wondering, and again, I feel like we're getting a little, a little further ahead than where we normally would be by this point, but how often does that sort of thing happen to you? You say it happens sometimes at the bar where they say... Yeah, this guy's too drunk. It happens a lot. Like, it happened recently when I was going to vote in the um, municipal election. They put me in the wrong riding. I questioned it. And he's like, blew me off. Like, I didn't even know what I was talking about. He made me vote in the wrong. Ward. So the reason why the party that won that shouldn't have won is you. <laughs> yeah. no. Is what you're saying. No. Every vote counts, Matt. Every I, vote counts. I actually <laughs> followed up. I called the counselor. Oh, wow. And we, one of his election managers went back to the poll with me and we got someone in big so, trouble. So, so do you mean... So, God, his ass fired. So do you mean that Do you mean that they thought you were drunk or they didn't? They thought you didn't know what the fuck you were talking about? Yeah, like, they, they didn't think... Like, he didn't... He wasn't willing to check again because he... He thought you were I'm, not intellectually... Exactly. As sound as... And then when we called him out on it, he didn't have the will to look me in the eye and say sorry. Uh, (laughs) His guilt... He must have felt guilty as shit, though. Mm. You know, like, not not, Mm. not to play devil's advocate and be an asshole about it, but, like, God, I felt like shit. And that's so minor. That's so minor to me to be like, oh, yeah, like, I thought he was still asleep. But that... Man, that must feel... You must feel like a real yeah. POS after, after that fucking experience. Is that... Is that... Like, in the stigma... In the stigma realm of things, like how you go about your day-to-day life, is that kind of a common... How common is that? Like, people... Where people make assumptions about you based on how you speak or how you move or whatever it is. I find it comes in ways. Like, I'll get it a whole bunch one week, and then next week I won't encounter anyone like that. I find that ignorant people all just come out one week at a time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a weird fucking... They wait to listen to the cop until... (laughs) Not to get into weather talk, but what the fuck is a Chinook? I've heard that word maybe... Fucking 18 times since we've landed here. We just learned. You told us all about it. A Chinook you, you back were, there? You were in the yeah. bathroom for a while. Let's but take we, it. But we, we got it. Take my time. Rundown. 
I think everybody else here knows what everyone else. Yeah, 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 we'll say that's right. We'll save it. We'll save it. Okay. Well, so okay, 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 okay. Let's take it back. Let's take it back to you. You were diagnosed at eighteen months. Okay. Well, you know what? No, not even that. Let's, for the sake of myself and for I'm sure at least one other person out here, um, what what is? You have a PhD. You, so mentally, your cerebral palsy isn't affecting you at all. What, what is cerebral palsy, and what is it doing to you physically as a, as a human? So physically to me, as I touched on before, it affects my spasticity. That's a big word. Yeah, I spasticity? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, so my fine motor skills, anything uh, that I need to... Be super steady is tough for me. It also affects my speech, which is kind of obvious. <laughs> and I walk with a limp. I used to walk and drag my foot, but they operated on it to pull it up. But now, as a result, it turns out. Okay. But I don't fall anymore. So, right. so we, we before we started the recording, we were back at our dorm room, and I was doing a little bit of... Um, like a, I give myself five minutes max to do any sort of research before we come into these conversations because I feel like the more ignorant we are, the more entertaining and uh, easily digestible it is for the people who are as ignorant as myself to listen to. <laughs> so I did a quick Google search, and one thing that I didn't know, and 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 I'm wondering if this applies to you specifically because I know that there's like a. a cerebral palsy is kind of an, an, of an umbrella term, and there's many different forms of CP, just like there's many different genetic mutations of cystic fibrosis. Like, for example, like Andrew Gerza, who we interviewed, he was in a wheelchair and... Had no speech difficulties at all, but couldn't stand up. Whereas you just walked out here, you know? Like, you drove a car here, whereas Andrew can't do that. So I, I looked up spastic cerebral palsy, and it said something to the effect of, like, your muscles are... Or people's muscles, not yours, are are constantly in in flexion, or they're like they're over yeah, they're overstimulated. They're flexing, like if you look at my biceps. I, I mean, I've been looking at them. <laughs> I've been looking at them since you sat down, and I am fucking insanely jealous. God, please Good, yeah. put that away. And that's partially because I'm always tense. Yeah, I thought you were saying. I was going to say I'm always jacked. I was like, I'm always okay, jacked. Up. Fucking what about, down what about there, your Matt? abs? Do you have a six pack? Under the beer belly. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, so, how does that? I mean, okay, so just for context. Uh, and Brian, Brian and Jeremy are both sick of hearing this because I've been complaining for two weeks now. I broke yeah. a rib a, a couple weeks ago. Not for sure. No, I, I definitely did. And uh, it's broken for sure. It's broken for sure. And I've been and I've been holding myself Watch. really tensely. Stop that. <laughs> I've been holding myself really tensely because it's broken and I don't want to move around very much. And in two weeks, the difference in how I feel from holding myself like subconsciously <clears throat> tensely. I'm like my everything is sore. My neck is sore. It's hard to like my. I'm not well, sleeping and shit. Like, um, how do you do this all the time? Well, I don't. I'm not sure. Like, if I'm not hurt, but if I do hurt myself, it's t- 
tough to heal. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not like I hurt my rotator cuff a while ago at the gym. And it took me like almost a year to recover. Because I think time I feel pain, I like tense up yeah. even more. And you need to loosen up for mm-hmm. that to heal. Yeah. In terms of okay, so so you were you were diagnosed at eighteen months. Um, what's the when someone gets diagnosed? How old are you? You're thirty four. Okay, when when someone gets diagnosed um, back in the eighties, what did they tell? What do they tell your parents? Like, are they like, hey, Matthew's not going to live for a certain amount of time, or or they just tell you like, Matthew will never kick a soccer ball? Well, or- just one thing before I say that. If this was today, I may not have cerebral palsy. Oh, because, what? Uh, because what happened? The umbilical cord was wrapped around my neck. Oh shit! And cut off the oxygen. And they never did an ultrasound. Like, it wasn't a common practice in Bridgewater back then. So I was born without a C-section. Today, they would have done an ultrasound and saw that. And unraveled the... I mean, there's no proof to say that's what caused it, but I mean... Yeah, right. So it's not it's not it's not something that you it's not it's not something that like, you know, from the moment you were conceived you were genetic. You were, you were gonna have it. Uh, it no. It's something that's the, the quick one there is it's not genetic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's not genetic. So yeah so yeah, back to what the doctors told my parents. There was so many unknowns at that time. They didn't know if it was physical, purely physical, or was there a mental component to it. They didn't, they said I'd probably never drive a car or ride a bicycle. That's two of the things they specifically said, and I'm happy to say I do both. Is is not there, not only do you do both, but you drive a fucking sports car, and didn't you say something about biking like four thousand kilometers or something? Yeah, I biked four thousand k this summer. Oh fuck! Taylor's Wait, where? Where did you, where did you bike to Ottawa or where did you go? No, it wasn't all one trip. Like oh, okay, almost okay. every day after work and weekends. And Taylor's super jealous. He just got this uh, new indoor bike we don't trainer. Need to go. We don't need to go into that. Brian. I walked. I walked into his house last week. He had just gotten it, and he's there with Dude, like almost yes. no clothes on, and like yeah. the big. No, they, we definitely puddle. get into this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he yeah. gets it. Oh, no, he shit. gets it. He shit. gets it. No, shit. listen, listen. To that. He gets it, and he goes, "Hey, yeah, everybody, come over to my house to uh, watch like the game." And everyone's like, "Oh, yeah, cool. Go to Taylor's house." And everybody shows up, and he's on the fucking thing, sweating me like, "Oh, hey, what's up, guys? Oh, I didn't know you were coming over." <laughs> no, yeah, I'm just, on. I'm just finishing up. I've just got another like twenty k to you go. Know, you know how you guys told it is exactly how it went down. <laughs> I didn't tell anything. 
Yeah. Uh, good. I wasn't there. I just saw it through Instagram stories from Brian that were saying Taylor's such a conceited piece of shit. Didn't say that, but you know, <laughs> yeah, he didn't say that. The story's getting out of uh, way out of yeah. hand. Um, well, that's amazing that you're on. Your, that you fucking get on the bike and, and so is there? Is there a um, is there a mental component, or can there be a mental component to to CP? Yeah, absolutely can. Be. <clears throat> okay, um, there isn't in my case, but. I've seen many cases, and there has been, yeah, lots of times. And is there, is there, is CP less common now because of, like, ultrasounds and shit like that? Like, is that, is it, like you said, that it so. could be prevented? I or, honestly You're not really sure? I don't know. No? I don't know either, but I don't think. I, I don't, I don't think that's how it works. I don't think that it's, because I, 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 I uh, we could we could look at Google. I feel like I feel, like, I feel like it's. I feel like it would be less common because if they didn't do ultrasounds before, and it's a possibility uh, that this is the reason why this happened but now. Then... I don't think that's the common cause. Okay. Yeah, I don't think that that's the sole reason why you yeah. would get it. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. So what was? Don't it take like? anything we say with any fucking just everything a grain of salt. Yeah, We're not teaching yeah. you anything. Yeah. Don't yeah. don't leave here and repeat. Anything. There's a doctor in the audience just going, oh like my Google, God. Like, There's a down, doctor oh right here. Oh my God, this yeah. is going to the public. Write down what you think you learned and then ask Google. Um, yeah. Matt, were, were you uh, limited in any ways as a, as a kid, like growing up and taking part in activities at school? Yeah, I mean, growing up was a bit tough for me. Like, I ran around like any other child, but my speech was obviously hindered and no I was just like I am now and got made fun of a lot and found it tough to make friends. Was your speech as it is like this or did you have to go through a lot of like speech therapy? I went to a ton of speech therapy and actually physiotherapy. I had 93 physiotherapy sessions before age five. I thought you were going to say you had 93 physiotherapists. I was like, (laughs) Jesus, what were your parents doing in Bridgewater? (laughs) They owned Bridgewater. That's what they were doing. That's a lot. That's a, yeah, that is a I lot. I remember just simple things like going upstairs. Yeah. Or they help me practice buttoning up a shirt. Mm-hmm. Or... You missed one tonight. Did you? No, you didn't. No, you didn't. No. It looks good. Um, Jeremy just did... always gives me a hard time when my shirts aren't buttoned right up to the top. Yeah. <laughs> but Jeremy's a big fan of the of the button right up to the very, uh, yeah. to the very top. So yeah, I like to feel gives... like I'm just. You know, real cozy. He gives me a hard time. Matt, yeah. how did the uh, the the bullying, like, how did that impact your mental health? I mean, it didn't really affect me. I don't think, at a young age, I don't think I really realized what was happening. Right. It was almost like a normal thing. For me, and I think it helped because I grew up on a farm. So as soon as I was done school, I'd be on the farm running around, mm-hmm. and my family, extended family, was like my friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you go, you go through school, you go through high school, and we have some mutual friends that we found out from mm-hmm. high school, junior high. Um, one of our 
one of the reasons why we're here tonight actually is from a from a, a mutual friend. And so you go through you go through school and like what what happens after school? Like what's like what like what what drew you to what you I mean PhD? What, how many years in school are you doing this? Thirteen. Holy fuck! Whoa! Mm. It hurts my brain. <clears throat> so what? I mean, I have to imagine that that if you're going to invest in 13 years of school, 13 years of school after high school? Yeah, how big is your student loan? That's what, <laughs> yeah. that's what he's getting at. Like, uh, Luckily, I was lucky to come out with none because as a science grad student, you can do TA and research assistant, so you get paid a bit. As you go along, what was your, did you bank in on those like disability uh, those disability checks? I did like scholarships not, or anything like that. I did get a few disability yeah. scholarships, but not like significant. Like I couldn't even think of the word scholarship. I was like yeah. disability school checks, fund. school fund <laughs> thing where they disability pay you money. School. Yeah. Oh, hey. Um, and so, and how, what drew you to what you do? What tell them what I don't think we've mentioned. Yeah, we what, what are you? What are you into? And what, how'd you get there? So I'm a senior meteorologist at a commodity trading company here in Calgary. I have no idea what the fuck that means. Are you like uh, what's like, a commodity? I, like Wolf of Wall Street? Almost. <laughs> <laughs> The wolf, the wolf, Jordan Belfort? The Wolf of Calgary. <laughs> do, you work, do you work in one of those tall buildings? That, that... No, I work <laughs> on the second floor. <laughs> I'm, I'm you're so modest. Yeah. That's such, like a, that's such, a, that's such an, a question that I'd ask my dad when I was yeah. like eight years old. Like, yeah. do you work in one of the tall buildings downtown? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, basically what that means is we trade electricity, like the power coming out of these lights, and their price goes up and down as supply and demand goes up and down. Dude, and meteorology comes into that because... Like weather meteorology? Yeah. Is there another type? <laughs> because... What? Because the fucking, that's a job? What, uh, what am I doing? <laughs> Nothing. Jesus Christ. I didn't know it existed either. <laughs> so wait, hold on. If, it's, now you're quite if it's sunny out, is, it, is that great? That means everyone turns the lights off and their man goes down. That's not great. <laughs> so if we have an apocalyptic blackout... But the power's still going. Is that great? That's good. <laughs> That's good for business. And what, like, for instance, today when it's super cold, everyone has the heat cranked to the max. I jacked my heat in the dorm room today. It was so hot. So I'm hooking you guys up. What? I'm just hooking. Okay, I'm, I'm, nothing. It's okay. So, but, but, so are you just like, are you predicting the future? Like, you, are you, because meteorologists are really the only future predictors. Absolutely. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. You're a it's wizard. Gonna be, it's going to be cold tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Sick Boy Podcast. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. 
Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Do you, do you have any, did like, um, did you go into this f- focusing on energy trends in terms of like, I, this is a little off topic of your illness, but did you, did you go into what you do now thinking, yeah, I want to focus on energy and the trends of energy or were you going, I want to do meteorology and weather? I always wanted to do meteorology because... Growing up on a farm, my grandpa was always into the weather because it mattered so much to the farm. So I got going in meteorology, and in grad school, I started focusing on wind specifically. And then my PhD focused on wind energy. Mm. And looking for places to put wind turbines. Right. So that kind of got me... Into the world that you're in now. Yeah. Did you ever feel like, I want to be the weatherman? I feel like that job would be so fucking cool. Jeremy had that dream when he was a kid. I did, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, growing up in Nova Scotia, I watched the weather guy. Peter Code. His name is Peter Code. I know exactly who he is. Yeah. (laughs) And now I look at some of the people on the Weather Network, and I've TA'd them. (laughs) No way, really. (laughs) They're your your protégés. That's fucking cool. So when you're you're going through your, like, and and kind of, like, relating, like, all this shit and all the work that you've done in getting your PhD and where you are now and your work that you do back to, like, your illness and stuff, you said that you don't, you don't, you you, have never written. And I I imagine that doing a PhD takes some writing. Or words on something. Just so, a tad. Just a tad. I, yeah, I, I can only, ima- I can re- literally only imagine. So, like, like, what are the tools that you use to do all this work? Like, what so, is the, the shit that you use? I mean, the PhD was relatively easy in that aspect. All right, yeah, whatever. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, whatever. I just mean the writing part because a lot of it was modeling and stuff. It's, even if you were doing it, it would be done on the computer. Right. So, so you're saying uh, you I could, you could, could be a meteorologist? He wasn't uh, implying that. Still? Absolutely. No. <laughs> Great. Don't get his hopes up. Fuck this podcasting <laughs> thing, man. I'm getting into wind. How, wait, how can you study wind for 13 years? It just keeps falling and falling. <laughs> Haven't you thought that about like everything that somebody says they have a PhD in? You're like, God damn. Yeah. That seems so focused. Yeah. How can you be that interested in That's why they do it. Do you it. have any meteorology or wind jokes that you really love? Is that like kind of a thing you guys do? Mm-hmm. You meteorologists? <laughs> no, I can't think of any right I, now. I got one that kind of falls into that territory. Um, <laughs> my dad told me, 
We were on a ferry one time going from Nova Scotia to Newfoundland. And I was looking out the port hole. Is that, is that what you call it? Yeah. The window of the boat. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was looking out the window of the boat, and I was seeing the waves, and I was like, Dad, where do the waves come from? Now, where do waves come from? I'm asking you, Matt. Waves. It comes from... No wind, wind has something to do with waves, right? Absolutely. Yeah, sweet. Okay, good. Thank God. Yeah. I was, I was going to feel really dumb there You're for a second. You're basically a meteorologist. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, man, my confidence is just going through the roof. It speeds you right through the PhD program. <clears throat> so I said, where do the waves come from? And my dad was like, waves are simply whale farts. <laughs> and I was like, no shit. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. And so I went around telling everybody that. Is that a joke? No, I guess that's just my dad lying Dude, I, to me. I, I, got a, I got a wind joke. Um, actually, your dad fucking up your social status. Dude, I, got, I have another story that I could tell real quick. Brian, you go ahead. But I got another one that actually fucked up my social no, status. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not going to tell my wind joke. It blows. Ah. <laughs> you motherfucker. All right, listen to this one. This one's horribly embarrassing. My, so... I was 16, 16 years old, and I was sitting in the back seat of my best friend's minivan with my best friend, and his father was in the front seat, and his sister was in the front seat, and we're sitting there waiting to pick someone up from a high school, and Mitch, my best friend, turns to me and starts crossing his eyes at me, and I'm you know, laughing, he's making a funny face, and then, but he keeps doing it. And I start to get, like, kind of anxious. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, fucking shit. Like, I don't want to tell him what to do. And he keeps doing it. I go, Mitch, Mitch, well, like, stop, stop, stop. And he, like, he looks at me like, what, why? Like, why are you so worked up about me crossing my eyes? And I was like, you know that if you do that... Actually, this comes back to wind as well. You know that if you do that and the wind changes, your eyes will stay that way. <laughs> and Mitch, Mitchell goes... He pulls one of those, like, ha-ha. <laughs> and Mitch's dad was a cop. He was like he was a like a hardcore cop, like undercover Hell's Angels did this whole thing. Very scary dude. He just takes the rear of your mirror. He's sitting there. He goes, <laughs> makes eye contact with me, and goes, "Are you serious?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "Who told you that?" My dad. My dad. Yeah. <laughs> My dad. And then Mitch never talked to me again. <laughs> <laughs> and now I know why you put so much emphasis at the very beginning when you went 16. Yeah, yeah. 16. yeah I should have known better. All right, let's, let's, let's reel it back in. That was a fun little, jam, uh, little uh, off-topic. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, rant. Thanks. Uh, Matt, you grow up. We, we kind of skipped a huge chunk of your life where you were a kid being bullied and then the next thing you know, you're driving a sports car because you're a meteorologist for a hedge fund company. But <laughs> in between there, something that I'm, that I'm really curious about, and mostly because I... Uh, well, let me ask you. I'm going to be very frank about it. How does cerebral palsy affect your, your, your romantic relationships? Or, or has it? I'm sure it has. I mean, yeah, I've never really had a partner. I've just never really come across someone. 
Do you think that that is a result of your CP, or do you think that that's a result of the way that you you have lived with your CP? Like, do you? Th- I think it's some of both. Yeah. I mean, yeah, some of both. I think obviously people because I find people. Like, if I were to go on a date, my first impression may not be the best. Right. And, but if they take the time to get to know me, they'll realize I'm just like anyone else. But it's to get by that first step, which, when you're dating... Is quite difficult. Kind of a challenge, yeah. Do you, do you find it hard or like or kind of like scary to go through that? Um, scary, yeah, I guess. But I've got used to it and doesn't really bother me because it's kind of like you know that's the same kind of thing that you're kind of getting over with everybody. Just to I guess like probably a different degree, like you said, like that first step, that first impression with a relationship is a little bit different than you know your coworkers or whatever, like, you know, going, uh, oh, uh, th- wait, what's, ha- oh, 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 okay, that's Matt. Matt isn't, Matt isn't the way that he speaks. Matt isn't the way that he walks. Matt is, Matt's who Matt is when he, like, his ideas and his intellect and all this stuff. But Ooh. that first step in a relationship is different because of, I don't know, physical implications or whatever, whatever those, right. like, aspects are to your relationships. Yeah, and I mean, it took me a long time to really gain the respect of friends as well. Like, through, high, through junior high and high school, the, the making fun part kind of went away as people got older, mm-hmm. but it almost went to ignorance. Like, they were my friends inside of school, but, like, very few people would say, oh, let's do this after school. Right, it was very superficial. Uh, mm. But then as I went into university, it started to get better and better because I lived in the dorm and people would get to know me better. Mm-hmm. And... Soon I have more friends than yeah. I knew what to do. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Matt can crush a full keg by himself. <laughs> you just party with that fucking dude? Yeah. Have you ever, uh, Matt, have you ever tried swiping on Tinder? Uh, off and on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you, Actually, Brian? fucks my thumb no, up. I haven't. No, you haven't. Jeremy has a lot, though. I've seen Jeremy his. Yeah. I have, a lot. And it, I think I'm getting fucking CP in my arm because of it. Oh, Jesus. It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking, fucking up my, my uh, what do you call that? The, you're, getting, you're, getting carpal, mean, you're getting carpal tunnel. Yeah, I, I That's am. That's not the same thing as Brian's getting carpal tunnel. Yeah, you, you, you mean you're getting uh, CT from... Yeah, yeah. Or, or tennis elbow. Can you get tennis elbow from Tinder? Tinder, I got Tinder, Tinder elbow. or from phones. You got a bad case of Tinder elbow. Yeah. <laughs> someone, someone, someone go, yeah, someone, Tinder elbow, what's up? Someone in the crowd knows what we're talking about. I got that too. Yeah, I got Tinder elbow. Um, what's the, what would you say, in terms of like your, your social, um, social journey through life, 
where things started to become a little bit easier through university and as you as you you know as people grow older and they become less immature um what's what's your what's the like what's your social life now you know like what's the what's a typical week for for matt in terms of friendship and I'm an old man because I get off at four every morning. Yeah, fuck that. This yeah. is why you pass my bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> did you say? Sorry, what did you say? Did you say you get off at four? You get up, up at, at four. four. You get up at four. I was like mm. off at four every morning. Yeah. <laughs> You're supposed to be at work right now. <laughs> you can only yeah, study so wind on the late shift. I mean, I. I usually go out Friday or Saturday with some friends. Cowboys usually? Is that the go-to? Absolutely. Damn right. He has another little quick, like, little quick side story. First time and the only time I ever went to cow- Cowboys. Do you guys want to hear a side story was on this side with, story? Was the second side was story. was with this fucking dude back here with the 70s haircut. It's the third time I've heard this story in 24 hours. And my dad... Took me to Cowboys, and we'll say it was an interesting night. For well, my... Was it your first time doing? No, we're not going to go into that. Nope. <laughs> oh, no, well, come nope. on. Matt's nope. here being vulnerable. No, not talking about that. <laughs> anyway, Cowboys, interesting spot. What else do you get up to nighttime? Nighttime's on Fridays. Nighttime's on Fridays. Usual. I like hockey. I like watching hockey. Dave, <laughs> Dave Nippon and backs like I yes. play. <laughs> <laughs> well, who's your team? Uh, it, you. It's always been the Bruins. Oh, but oh yeah. shit! Yeah. I've Crickets start, in here. I've started like in the Flames too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> You only every- said that because you said the Bruins, and immediately f- you heard the death silence, and you're like, "And I like Calgary too." <laughs> yeah, Calgary's growing oh, on me. My, my closet got two jerseys in. <laughs> oh man, um, yeah, and a lot of my friends are starting to have kids, so I like spending time with the kids too. Uncle Matt. Uncle Matt. Isn't cool. it the greatest being an uncle? Dude, I'm like, or just I'm, being a friend of someone uh, with a kid? I have a niece and nephew back home, which I love, but, but I don't see them often. I feel like you didn't have to say which I love, because like, if you have a niece and nephew, like, generally we'll assume you love them. <laughs> yeah, if you, yeah, if you hated them, definitely say that, <laughs> to make yeah. it very clear. Yeah. I've got a niece and nephew back home, fucking hate them. <laughs> Just so we're clear. Uh, I, coming back to like, a little bit of like sort of rewind. Um, when I, so uh, I think you know, but it's, the reason this whole thing started is I live with cystic fibrosis, a genetic disease. And most of the... Oh. Yeah, yeah. Did you all know? I didn't and, know that. And growing up, uh, therapy for me mostly consisted of medication um, and, and, and like physiotherapy and like banging on my back and stuff like that to break up the mucus in my lungs. But one of the like um, side therapies, alternative therapies, therapies that you would, you would never be told by a doctor that you should check out and get into was humor, was laughter. And so, you know, watching comedy and um, performing comedy and, and 
Laughter just became a huge therapy for me. And I'm really curious to know about what other people's alternative therapies were in, in or, or at least, or not, not what they were, but what, what alternative therapies people tended to discover on their own without being told by anybody else. And I'm wondering if you have any of those yeah, in terms of growing up. I mean, I think growing up on the farm was instrumental to my development where they let me do everything I possibly can. I was driving a farm tractor at age 10. <laughs> <laughs> Look out on the road. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I grew... My big hobby growing up was growing giant pumpkins. Oh, really? No way. What? So I... Why? I once grew a pumpkin 870 pounds. You know what? What the fuck? I'm super... That is the most Bridgewater, Nova Scotia thing. I think I've ever fucking heard. I'm super fucking thankful for people like you because every Halloween, I, I take a drive to go see the big pumpkins. And yeah, if it too. wasn't for people growing them big, I would, my Halloween would be destroyed. So, thank yeah, you. we carve them out on our front lawn. Did, did you ever do the thing where you, you, like, hire a crane to come in and you pick up the, like, almost one-ton pumpkin... And lift it way, way up high and then drop it on a car? No. <laughs> waste. That, that sounds waste. cool, though. That sounds cool, right? Yeah. Not my car, though. How, so, wait. How... <laughs> is that, like, human... Like, HGH or something? Like, how, how the fuck do you make it's a pumpkin grow so big? You just keep feeding it? Well, it's special seeds. I mean, they're genetically... Monsanto. They grow large... And then, like, my pumpkin garden was probably the size of this bar. What? Fuck. only four pumpkins in the hole. <laughs> what? Holy fuck. If I have a kid ever, I'm taking my family and moving to Bridgewater <sighs> immediately. Did you hear this shit? <clears throat> no. <laughs> he grows big pumpkins. Matt grew, whoa, 800-pound <laughs> pumpkins as as a kid growing up. Is that up. like world record? No. No, dude, no. Like, I think no, the largest pumpkin like was like... 1,800 or 2,000. Yeah. But when I was growing, a <laughs> 1,000 was pretty big. Yeah, I wasn't going to say any, anything, but I've seen quite a few 1,000-pound pumpkins yeah. in my day. <laughs> Brian's like, my, I've seen bigger. Yeah. So you yeah. were thinking the entire time. The, the other thing you miss is I'm, I'm an avid Halloween time pumpkin go-looker-adder. I know you are. Go I know you are. Ryan loves the valley, and uh, yeah, we're in Calgary. So yeah, coming, yeah. coming back to the, the question then, what, what made... This is the funniest question I think I've ever asked on Sick Boy. What did making growing pumpkins... <laughs> no. ...such an important therapy for you? I think because, like, all summer, like, I didn't have a ton of friends to hang out. Like, when most kids got out of school for the summer, they look forward to spending their whole summer with their friends. 
where I look forward to... Making big-ass pumpkins. Yeah, and I mean, most days I was in the garden three or four hours. You're kind of like James and the Giant Peach, except it's a pumpkin. Exactly. Sweet. That is pretty amazing. Like, do you miss it? Like, do you still grow pumpkins? Uh, No, uh, they won't fit on my balcony. (laughs) Touche. Touche. I do miss it, but I mean, all good things come to an end. Someday. It's true. You know, Everything is temporary. You know what? I, I, I oftentimes say this, but it, I kind of like to think of things of that in the same way that I think of elementary school. Like, I loved going to elementary school, but, like, it would be totally unacceptable for me to go back now, right? Yeah. But, like, I can still Did appreciate. Did you ever watch Billy Madison, dude? <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. It's one of the best movies of all time. A little bit different. But... I feel like Billy Madison wouldn't fly in the social climate that we're in today. Yeah, you're probably <laughs> right, yeah. Um, Matt, what are, what are some of the things that you wish, like, everybody knew about CP? I mean, I guess the number one thing is, like, not to assume anything. Like, I I told the guys backstage earlier that one of my... who turned out to be one of my best friends in university. When they first met me, he didn't even know what CP was. So he met me. That was fine. He told me this later. He went away and write about it for like an hour, I think he said. And then he come back and realized nothing he read really applied to me. Mm-hmm. So for him, it was getting to know me. He learned everything about me. So I think my main message is don't just assume someone was cerebral palsy can or cannot do whatever. Just if you encounter someone who you think may have CP, give them a chance and you'll see they're pretty much just like you. You'll see they're probably smarter than you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck yeah. And there's um and there's and I I, I there's a, a guy in Halifax that I want to that I want to have on the show and he has he has CP and he's a stand up comedian yeah and and I saw him at the Yuck Yucks in Halifax and he had CP and he got up and he he has um he has like the the crutches that kind of like attach to your upper arm and have the have the, the handles on them and he was making a ton of jokes at his own expense about like about his CP. Yeah. And I loved it because I was roaring, and so much of the crowd was like, oh, "Is it okay if I laugh at this?" Yeah, right. And he, and and you could tell he was like he was trying to break down these borders of the break down these walls of stigma that are like, yeah, like I, this is how I live, and it was it was amazing. And like like he can get up and do he can get up and do stand up and try and like break down stigma around that stuff. And I just found that fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. I did see a really cool TED Talk uh, a couple of months ago of a lady 
kind of doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. I thought you were going to say you saw mine, but whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. It's on his up next list. Uh, I'm wondering, uh, and this is a question that we ask a lot of our guests, um, what would you say your experience with cerebral palsy has taken away from you? That's a tough one because, I mean, I'm pretty happy the way I live. I travel the world and I have an awesome job that I enjoy. I mean, I think it took my childhood in a different direction, which some people may say is bad, but for me... That's just how it was. I mean, I don't think of it as taking anything away from me. I think of it as changing things that may, that are just as good. I just do things in, in slightly a different way. What would you say your experience with cerebral palsy has given you? It's given me, like, a lot of positivity. Knowing what you can do if you put your mind to something. Like, I didn't just jump on a bike and start riding. I got the training wheels stayed on for a couple years, probably. And then when they come off, I still crashed. (laughs) But but I learned how to do it. Same with driving. I mean, by... You still crash, you know? (laughs) It just just happens. Yeah, no, it gave me positivity and gave me strength to try anything and know that I can do anything I try. And I really advocate everyone can do the same. It just may be in slightly a different way. Matt, I uh, I am elated to have had the opportunity to meet you and have this one hour ish uh, conversation about what you've gone through. I was talking about this the other day um, about about like what this this thing that we do here with this project and talking about how how the people that we sit with and speak to come into the room uh, generally, for the most part, like 99% of the time, you come in as a stranger. I hadn't met you until today. We maybe spoke on the phone for a maximum two minutes. And you woke me up. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, psych, I was asleep. Yeah. You know, just so you know, yesterday when you called me and I was like, you were like, yeah, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm just getting some work done. You're mad asleep. I had just picked yeah. up the phone. I yeah, 100%. Had just, we all do it. But you come, you come in as a stranger. I was asleep. And we sit down and we have this, this conversation where 
there's not a fucking ounce of small talk. And we've talked about that on the podcast a number of times. Except for how's the weather. Yeah, well, (laughs) we got a little deeper than just that. (laughs) But we don't. We don't touch on it. We We don't dive into any of that, like, shit that just doesn't matter. We talk about things... And I, I kind of alluded to it earlier. We were talking about your biggest fears and your, you know, the, the craziest moments of your life and the hardships of life and all these things that, for whatever reason, we, we choose not to dive into with people that we've never really had an opportunity to meet. But when we, you do do that, it gives you this... You, you're, you're basically forced to be launched into this friendship with someone. And so I just want to say thank you so, so much for taking the time to sit here in front of a bunch of fucking strangers who now, they all have the exact same experience that I had and that you and you had and feel like they know you more than they probably know some of the closest people in their life. I'm so thankful for that. And I, I honestly, I just, I, I don't even know where I'm going with this. I'm just fucking gushing. I'm just sitting here gushing because I just think it's so special. And so, yeah, I'm, thank you. I think you made thank your you point. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't think you uh, get it. Yeah, go on, go on a, go little, a little deeper. I didn't quite get it. <clears throat> but thank you for that. Thank you for being, uh, being you and being so open to coming up here and fucking sharing that with us. Are you trying to say that you're thankful and that we feel like we know him better? Don't ruin this for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you. Thank you for me as well. And uh, I think the thing that I got most from that is probably the the assumptions. Uh, that, like, making assumptions about somebody based on, you know, even even just your first impression is not is not accurate. Um, and, uh, yeah, we had a... I'm, I'm super happy that we got to sit down and have this conversation with you. What are you thankful for, Bri? I'm thankful for uh, everybody here coming out tonight and being able to share this moment with us because oftentimes when we do this, we just get to do it with the the three of us and and our guests. And it's always fun when there's more people around to share in that experience too. Yeah. First trip to Alberta. Done and dusted. Someone gave us a ton of shit on uh, Facebook last night because we're not going to Edmonton. So, like, suck at Edmonton, am I right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Jesus. I don't, I don't think you thought you did. That was aggressive. <laughs> know, right? Wow, you guys were really, you guys really believed in that statement. throws a fucking mug on stage, like a bottle of beer. Yeah, fuck yeah. Edmonton, you're right. Fuck Edmonton. <laughs> uh, thank you all so much for coming out tonight. Thank you so much, Matt, for, for being who you are and, and sharing this with us. And, uh, yeah. That is it for this week. Until next week. I'm, I'm Brian. Whoa, hold oh, on. Before shit. we wrap up what the show, the Shots fuck? just came to the table. Shots. I gotta, I, shots. All right. Uh, should we try that again? Did you get one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. All right. I just should we do the, should I, I do the shot and then do it? I just want to say I can smell that from here. As and we I'm say going, our Ugh. names and close the show out, we'll take the shot and then say our name. All right. You're going to jump into this one, Matt. And you're going to say, I'm Matt after I say I'm Jeremy. So you want to practice it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. Uh, thank you all so much. 
And thank you, whoever just bought this sh- these shots. Cam, I think that was you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, that's it for this week. Oh. <coughs> Fuck. That went down my windpipe. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. Uh, I'm Jeremy. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.